Respected brothers, respected elders, mothers and sisters listening at home As we approach towards the last phase of the life of Sayyidina Usman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an We also need to understand that from the time of Sayyidina Usman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an Until today Many individuals have written an account of Islamic history And not everything that is presented to the common man is accurate or even authentic And therefore we have to be extremely careful What we partake as knowledge and true events and incidents that had occurred during the period of the Khulafai Rashidin. So we have to be extremely careful. You'll get the extreme category of people, the deviant groups, and in fact some of them non-Muslim groups. For an example, the Qadianis. The Qadianis openly swear and ridicule the companions sahabai kiram ajma'in openly the Qadians they are kuffar and of course we know of the rawafis and the shia sects that the shias are also openly hostile towards every sahabi including even the ahle baits when we really study the history even the Rawafis and the Shia have no respect for Sahabai Kiram Ajma'in in fact this is my personal experience it was very difficult for me to comprehend how can a man speak, speak evil or ill of a Sahabi and sitting in the masjid of Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam I had an opportunity to speak someone who was a Shia and openly saying to me that yes we have no love for the companions and therefore the scholars and ulama kiram ajma'in have worked extremely hard 
so that we understand the foundation of Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'at. So you get the extreme category of people, Shias, Qadianis, who ridicule the companions, tarnish the image without any remorse. And then you get the second category of people. I describe the second category of people as doctors of criticism. Doctors of criticism. You'll find a lot of people that they like to criticize people. That person, oh he's like that. That person, he's like that. That person, he's like that. And you? I am good. How are you? I am good. And they have this sickness inside to criticize and to criticize and to criticize. You, I'm sure you'll have met many people like that. People like Taha Hussein, Sheikh Taha Hussein, who's written a book called uh, Fitnatul Kubra, openly condemning Sahaba Kiram Ajmain Ali Azubillah. So you have to be very, very careful what you read, the material that is given to you. When you Google information and online the lectures that you hear, it can actually have a direct negative impact on your Iman. So we have to be very, very careful. Very careful. Alhamdulillah, we have great scholars that have done a lot of good works in establishing the true uh, picture of the companions. And a lot of good books are available, but we have to be very, very careful. In fact, even Abu Ala Maududi hasn't done justice to the works of Sahabai Kiram Ajma'in. Though you'll find many of the people today who are of the Maududi sect and many books that are written in English. He was a prolific writer. But you pick up his book, Al Khilafa Wal Muluk, openly condemning the Banu Umayyah companions of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa Openly condemning. Shaykh Abu Zahra, Shaykh Muhammad Abu Zahra, having no understanding of the status of Sahabai Kiram Ajma'in, and you'll find them condemning, ridiculing, and and they have this habit that they want to put a gold medal to one group of the companions and thus the second category of the companions to portray them in a very negative, disgruntled manner. Who are these individuals? So you have one group, yes, and the other group, no. And so you'll have one group that will talk good about one group of the companions and they'll disagree with the Banu Umayyah companions. And they will disagree, for an example, with Hazrat Muawiyah radiallahu ta'ala an. And we have to be very, very careful. This man, Hazrat Muawiyah, is a Sahabi. Close your eyes and have all the respect of this great, great Sahabi. <laughs> and we've covered his very brief biography. This we have, haven't we? In the last uh, session or two <laughs> sessions back. Alama Zahabi, a great scholar of the Ahlu Sunnah wal Jamaat, goes as far as saying that if you read in any book even to the level of an iota someone belittling a sahabi then burn that book what does Allah Mazahabi say? then burn that book it is not worth reading any material, any book in which someone is to criticize a sahabi of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam so we have to be very very careful Good writers, but good writers does not mean that their aqidah is right, that their beliefs are right, that they are 
firm in understanding Tawheed and Risala or the true teachings of Aqidatul Tahawiyah and understanding uh, the true beliefs of that person who is of Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'at. And then the third category of people are the people of Taqwa. Alhamdulillah, the true scholars. People who understand the status of Sahabai Kiram Ajma'in. They will only honor and respect Sahabai Kiram Ajma'in. Many, many. Alhamdulillah, uh, great scholars, even in the past, even today. And whatever had taken place in the annals of Islamic history between the companions, they treat that to be in the category of ijtihad. They treat that to be in the category of ijtihad. Ijtihad is a power that was given to them being the companions to extract masail from what they understood from the Quran and Hadith to be true. And so ijtihad, that was accepted. And whatever happened, subhanallah, the one thing we need to understand is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them the certificate of Jannah in virtually every chapter of the Quran. Every chapter of the Quran. Surah Al-Baqarah starts off after Tawheed, after Risala, after the five pillars. Immediately, those that have no respect for Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala starts the very second ruku of Surah Al-Baqarah. وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَكُولُ آمَنَّا بِاللَّهِ وَبِالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ وَمَا هُمْ بِمُؤْمِنِينَ يُخَادِعُونَ اللَّهِ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَمَا يَخْدَعُونَ إِلَّا أَنفُسَهُمْ وَمَا يَشْعُرُونَ فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ مَرَضٌ فَزَادَهُمُ اللَّهُ مَرَضًا وَلَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ بِمَا كَانُوا يَكْذِبُونَ وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ فَذَا آيَةٍ آمِنُوا كَمَا آمَنَ النَّاسُ قَالُوا أَنُؤْمِنُ كَمَا آمَنَ السُّفَهَاءُ When Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to them why don't you embrace Islam you will find that those that were disrespectful to Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een, they said that should we bring Iman upon you, O Muhammad, like the foolish people amongst you have embraced Islam. Aliyazubillah. And they described Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een with one word, Sufaha, which is the plural of Safi. And Allah says that you are foolish, not my Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een. So the Quran is full of praise. Just like when it comes to understanding Anbiya alayhimu salatu wassalam, it would be wrong for someone to say that okay, Musa alayhi salam is better than Isa alayhi salam, or Isa alayhi salam is better than Shu'ayb alayhi salam, or Shu'ayb alayhi salam is better than Harun alayhi salam, or Isa alayhi salam is better than Ibrahim alayhi salam, and to compare. Anbiya alayhimu salatu wassalam. This is not the right manner to understand Anbiya alayhimu salatu wassalam. As individuals, we need to respect Anbiya alayhimu salatu wassalam. Of course, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given each Nabi also uh, a status uh, which is mentioned in the kalam of Allah. Tilka rusulu faddalna ba'dahum ala ba'd. Each Nabi uh, has been given this honor. And at times the Qur'an even speaks that there are certain prophets who have a higher rank than others. But as believers, we need to show respect to all of the Anbiya alayhimu salatu wassalam. And the Qur'an says that this is the right strategy. لَا نُفَرِّكُ بَيْنَ أَحَدٍ مِّن رُسُلِ We don't differentiate between Anbiya alayhimu salatu wassalam. وَقَالُوا سَمِعْنَا وَأَطَعْنَا And we say we have listened, we have heard, and we obey. And similarly, this should be the same pattern for Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een. 
from Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq to the very last Sahabi, every Sahabi has earned this exclusive position in Jannah. And the certificate of Jannah has been given to them in the Kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran. So everything what we need to look at is also with the understanding, with the eye of the Quran, what is mentioned in the Quran. And that is the true Aqeedah of the Ahlu Sunnah wal Jamaat. So we have to be very, very careful. No doubt that especially during the Khilafat of Sayyidina Usman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an, certain events that have taken place and after his demise to follow up the shahadat of Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala an, what, what happened between uh, certain individuals, inshallah we will explain that thoroughly when we come to that. But what we need to understand that these events have been termed in the sunnah to be fitna, to be fitna, or in the Arabic language to be fitna, rather in Urdu it is fitna, but in Arabic it is fitna, fitna means trials and tribulations, every man in this world will be tested, and in fact all of the events that were to take place, even during the Khilafat of Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab and Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala an, have been foretold, have been prophesied by Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Why? So that a believer will readily accept this when it actually happens. And that's so that the believer is prepared for every eventuality. And also ulama have mentioned to expose the hypocrites and to cleanse the hearts of the believers and to increase them in the iman. Everything has been mentioned. And whatever Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam has said, that has to happen. The coming of Imam Mahdi, Hazrat Mahdi, the coming of Dajjal, the coming of Yajuj, Majuj, everything what he has said, which is Alamatul Kubra, the major signs of the day of Qiyamah. And then some of the events that were close to his time. For an example, he said to some of the companions, when the Muslims conquer Egypt, I want you to treat the Egyptians with kindness. What did Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam say? Allahu Akbar. What a prophecy. Where was Egypt and where is Saudi Arabia? Where is Makkah? And Allah's Nabi is saying to the companions, don't worry. What I am saying to you, when you conquer Egypt, treat the Egyptians with kindness. Treat the Egyptians with kindness. Why? Why do we treat the Egyptians with kindness? Any idea? Musa al-Islam, good guess. Anybody else? Huh? Ji? Umar Farouk, you don't know. Not Imam Mahdi, he's not going to be an Egyptian. No. Okay. Why hazrat Hajar, the wife of Ibrahim alayhi salam, she was from Egypt. Brothers recall? The wife of hazrat Ibrahim. He had two wives. Hazrat Ibrahim alayhi salam had two wives. The first wife was hazrat Sarah. And the mother of Ishaq alayhi salam. Sarah is the mother of Ishaq alayhi salam. The second wife was hazrat Hajar. She came from that part of the world, from Egypt. And she is the mother of Ismail alayhi salam. And Ismail alayhi salam is actually the spiritual father of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Do you understand the connection? 
And therefore Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, when you conquer Egypt, treat the Egyptians with kindness. Subhanallah. Amr ibn Asr radiallahu ta'ala, brothers recall, he was the man who opened up Egypt for the Muslimin. A lot of prophecies. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam had even mentioned that when Caesar is destroyed, there will be no Caesar after that. When Kisra is destroyed, there is no Kisra after that. And this happened during the time of Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab. The main uh, power of the Roman Empire was in Syria and also Qustuntunia, that part of the region. But Syria was the main stronghold of the Roman Empire. And it was taken during the Khilafat of Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala and also during the Khilafat of Sayyidina Usman bin Affan. And so this is glad tidings for the Syrians, that Syria will always remain a Muslim country. Syria will always remain a Muslim country. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, that is it. There will be no one to occupy that part of the region until today. And for Persia, Kisra was the title given to the Persian emperor. During the Khilafat of Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala an, Persia was completely uh, divided and it came entirely into the control of the Muslimin. Everything was in the control of the Muslims. During the Khilafat of Sayyidina Usman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an, why Persia? Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam had sent a messenger to the emperor of Persia, to the Qisra. And what he did is that not even reading the letter, he tore the letter of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam invoked a curse against the people of Persia. The people of Persia and Iran and that entire section even today, even today, actually hold that baddu'a, the curse of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam said that like how he has torn apart a letter from a Nabi, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will tear apart his entire kingdom. And until today you will see that it is completely fragmented. And everything in fact came into the control of the Muslims during the Khilafat of Sayyidina Asman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala. Now going back to this question, some of the fitans, the trials and tribulations, that happened during the Khilafat of Sayyidina Usman bin Affan, giving you that reason. I have mentioned this also before. Hazrat Usman, Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an, was sitting with a group of companions. And Hazrat Huzaifa was also there. Hazrat Umar said to the group of companions and also the tabi'een that were there, he said that who remembers the hadith of Fitan? Who remembers the hadith of Fitan? And Hazrat Huzaifa says that I remember. Hazrat Umar said, then read in front of me that hadith. And so he said, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, the Fitan for a man in his family will be with his wealth, with his children, with himself and with his neighbors. Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala said, this is not the fitna I talk about. I am talking about a fitna which is even greater. And the words of Umar ibn al-Khattab were, the fitna that will come like the agitation of the ocean. 
I am talking about that fitna, a very a great fitna that will come, that all of humanity will be submersed in discord, ikhtilaf everywhere. Nobody will not know who to follow, which group to follow, what will happen. And Hazrat Huzaifa radiallahu ta'ala and said, Amirul Mu'mineen, you need not to worry. You need not to worry. Because between you and that fitna is a closed door. Between you and that fitna is a gate that is closed. Now Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab said, tell me Huzaifa, will that gate be broken into or will it be opened? And Hazrat Huzaifa looked down and he said, I have heard from Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam that this great gate will be broken into. It will be smashed. It, they will forcefully break this gate. And once this gate has been broken, then that is the time fitna will sp- spread very quickly amongst the ummah in this world. And Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala and then remained silent. There was a group of tabi'een, Hazrat Shafiq, who was a tabi'een, he actually said to Hazrat Huzaifa, did Umar ibn al-Khattab actually know uh, about this door, what is meant by this door, and what is meant by the door being broken? And Hazrat Huzaifa took an oath, and he said, by Allah, Hazrat Umar knew everything. Hazrat Umar knew that that gate, that closed door was himself, Umar ibn al-Khattab. And what was meant by the door being broken into was martyrdom and shahadat that will be given to Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala. And that is why immediately when shahadat was given to Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala as prophesied by Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, that fitna will spread immediately, very quickly. And the direct impact of the fitna fell upon who? Hazrat Osman bin Affan. Why? Because he was the third Khalifa, even before Hazrat Ali. He was an immediate Khalifa to Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab. And Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said, after the shahadat, fitna will spread quickly. And so the direct impact of that fitna fell upon who? Hazrat Osman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala. So everything has been foretold. Everything has been prophesied. For an example, I have a few ahadith that I have written here. And this is in the Sahih of Imam Bukhari. Hazrat Anas radiallahu ta'ala says that Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam had once climbed the mountain of Uhud. The mountain of Uhud. With him was Hazrat Abu Bakr, Hazrat Umar and Hazrat Usman. Hazrat Abu Bakr Umar, Usman. Again, the pattern of Khilafat. The pattern of Rasulullah, Hazrat Abu Bakr, Umar, Usman. Hadith recorded in the Sahih of Imam Bukhari. Now, when Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam was with his companions on the mountain of Uhud, farajafa bihim, it started to shake. The mountain started to shake. Fadarabahu birijlihi. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam with his uh, auspicious heels actually striked at mountain, striked at the mountain of Uhud, and said, "Usbut Uhud, Uhud, be calm, be calm. For inna ma alika nabiyun wa siddiqun wa shahidan. O Uhud, don't you know that on top of you is a nabi, a siddiq, and two martyrs? Look at that. 
if somebody was to tell you that this is how you will die, what would happen? Isn't this a great mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah has concealed our date of death. Allah has concealed our date of death. Otherwise, Allahu Akbar, what would happen? If someone knew that you will die next week or in two weeks to come or in three weeks to come or in one year, how would it be? A person would perhaps even collapse before the time. And this is the mercy of Allah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not given us the knowledge of death when you will die. Date of birth, okay we know, but date of death we don't know. But Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam gave the two companions the glad tidings of shahadat. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq knew that he is a Siddiq. He is a Siddiq. Too close to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam as a great Sahabi. But for Hazrat Umar and Hazrat Usman, Shaheed, both of them. So everything was prophesied. So as individuals we have to accept this. Why? Because Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam had said this. In another hadith, Murrah ibn Ka'ab says, سَمِعْتُ مِنْ رَسُولُ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ وَذَكَرَ الْفِتْنَ I heard from Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam speaking about the fitan that will come. And Allah's Nabi said, فَقَرَّبَهَا The fitan that will come is very close to my time. Allah's Nabi is not talking about the major signs of Qiyamah, what will happen uh, close to, towards the end, when the Jal comes and when Yajuj, Majuj come, it's not then. Allah's Nabi is saying, فَقَرَّبَهَا It is close to our time. It is close to our time. This fitna. فَمَرَّ رَجُلٌ مُقَنَّعٌ فِي سَوْبٍ A man walked past whose identity was concealed because he had covered himself with a cloth. He had covered himself with a, with a cloth. And so when Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam saw this man walking and Allah's Nabi is speaking of a fitna, that this, this is what will happen, this is what will happen, this is what will happen. Hazrat Murrah ibn Ka'ab says, Allah's Nabi saw this man walking past, and Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam says, Hada yawma izin ala al-huda. Quickly, quickly. You know this man that is walking past? This man will be the guided man. This man will be on the right path. This man will be true. His position will be the true position, the right position. This man will be guided. Huda means guided. And Hazrat Murrah ibn Ka'ab quickly jumped up, فَكُمْ to إِلَيْهِ And I quickly went to him, to see who this man was. And when I looked at him, it was Usman bin Affan. Who was it? Usman bin Affan. And so, to make sure, to verify what I did, I stopped Hazrat Usman bin Affan, and I looked at Hazrat Usman bin Affan, and turned his face towards Rasulullah. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam Fa'akbaltu alayhi biwajhihi And I turned his face towards Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam Fa'kultu And I said Ya Rasulullah Are you talking about this man? And Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam said Naam I speak of Osman bin Affan Everything has been prophesied So that we are mentally prepared When we cover some of the incidents and Some of the events that have taken place Especially after the shahadat of Hazrat Usman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an. And just to conclude our session, one hadith. Abu Sahla was the freed slave of Hazrat Usman. Abu Sahla was the freed slave of Hazrat Usman bin Affan. 
قال لي عثمان يوم الدار he says that my master he was a freed slave hazrat usman said to me when he was yawm uh, dar would mean besieged in his own house he was isolated in his own house he could not leave the house so he was besieged in his own house and he said to me being the freed slave abu sahla would come and meet him he said abu sahla do you know inna rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam qad ahida ilayya ahdan wa ana sabirun alayhi Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam instructed me to be patient and to persevere. Be very calm and be patient. Whatever happens, let it happen. But you are not to take any revenge. You are not to retaliate. And so persevere. Be calm. Be patient. وَأَنَا صَابِرٌ عَلَيْهِ And Hazrat Usman said to Abu Sahla, that is why I am patient. And that is why Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala an was only during those days was engaged in the recitation of the Quran and worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inshallah in our next few sessions uh, we will continue with regards to the very last phase of the life of Sayyidina Usman bin Affan radiyallahu ta'ala an wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidil Mursaleen Allahumma taqabbal minna wa tuba alayna Innaka anta tawabu rahim Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk Sami'na wa atana gufranaka rabbana Wa ilayka al-masir bi rahmatika ya rahmatika